right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Fat Boys Dynasty Podcast. As always, coming at you, Bo and Brant. Um, we are putting out a special today. We are talking trade deadline. Your trade deadline is probably either this week or next week in most leagues. So we are going to talk about some trade for candidates, trade away candidates. We're going to talk about some strength of schedules. And then, as always, we're going to get into our college players. We're going to get into our Thursday night preview. And I think we got a few little prop bets that we've already looked up and have on our mind for this week. Um, so before I kick it off into strength of schedule, you got anything to, to add in, Bo, real fast? Uh, not not off the top of my head, sir. I think uh, this is uh, just another – this is a Thursday night game that I'm excited to talk about. So I'll be uh, salivating, waiting to get to that. And I think uh, that's about all I got. All right, so we're going to jump straight into this. Some of the easiest schedules, this is remaining for the season is what is what we're going to talk about. These are the best remaining schedules for this uh, upcut for the rest of the season. This is for the running back position in order. Denver's got the easiest schedule. Kansas City, Tennessee, Los Angeles Rams, can't trust anything. Pittsburgh, Indianapolis Colts, Baltimore Ravens, Houston Texans, Los Angeles Chargers and the Washington Commanders have the 10 easiest schedules for the remaining, uh, for this year remaining. Um, so um, th- those are going to be some of the running backs that we're going to focus on when we get into our trade talks here in a little bit. And uh, I'm going to jump in. I'll give you the bottom um, or the top 10 easiest schedule at wide receiver also before I kick it over to you to talk about some of the harder schedules. Uh, the best schedules here uh, are wide receiver in order. Cincinnati, Green Bay, Baltimore, Denver, Chicago, New Orleans, Atlanta, Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, and the Seattle Seahawks. Huh, that's kind of odd that both of our teams have pretty easy schedules left. Uh, but, yeah, those are some of the best schedules for your wide receivers. Now, I know you got written down, Bo, some of the tougher schedules, some of the players you need to look to possibly be a little weary on to finish out the year. Yeah. yeah, so you talked about Atlanta being on the easiest part of the wide receiver schedule, but uh, starting at running back, starting at 32 being the hardest, uh, down to 23 is what I have. So the 10 worst um, remaining schedules for running backs. It starts with the Arizona Cardinals at 32nd, Atlanta Falcons, Carolina Panthers, New York Giants, Minnesota Vikings, Philadelphia Eagles, Cleveland Browns, Cincinnati Bengals, Chicago Bears, and then rounding it out with the Las Vegas Raiders. So there's some big names available or, uh, in those in those teams there that are going to struggle. Uh, and then at wide receiver, again, starting at 32 down to 23, you've got Kansas City Chiefs, Miami Dolphins, Minnesota Vikings, Buffalo Bills, L.A. Rams, Philadelphia Eagles, Tennessee Titans, Arizona Cardinals, Washington Commanders, and the San Francisco 49ers rounding out the toughest remaining schedule for wide receivers. Uh, yeah, uh, there's some big names in in uh, in all that, and uh, so yeah, we'll be talking about uh, some guys that possibly be moving on with with those teams. So I'm gonna jump straight into uh, some guys to trade for. Now this is a huge name. If you have the option here, I know it'll be extremely hard to go get, but this is a name that that um, you could possibly get. Jamar Chase. He's got the easiest schedule for wide receivers left. We know he's out on the IR. He's hurt right now. Uh, but if the owner of Jamar Chase is, you know, sitting in the fifth to eighth spot, 
contending, trying to make it into playoffs, maybe you can make a little roster move, a little push to trade for Jamar Chase if you're sitting yourself comfortably in the playoffs already or know that you have enough pieces to get you into the playoffs. Go look and see if there's a chance to make a push at Jamar Chase. Now, in Dynasty Leagues, you're probably not getting Jamar Chase. There's not a whole lot of people that are going to come off him. But in redrafts, you probably have a good option to go out and get him. Yeah, and, and like you said, with them having one of the best remaining strengths of schedule, that's that's definitely something that come come uh, making your playoff push or trying to work for that right seeding or even come playoff time is, is going to reap, reap uh, tremendous rewards. So that's definitely something to keep in mind. Um, Brian, I'm going the opposite way, obviously, um, with the, with my three trade candidates. I'm trading, uh, looking to trade away these players just because their schedule is hard, uh, and I'm not sure how good they're going to be anyway. So I'm going to start with my running back here. Uh, and the first one I'm going to mention is da- Dante Foreman. Uh, so obviously Dante Foreman's been uh, pretty good the, two of the last three weeks um, since the CMC trade. Um, obviously, um, you know, last Thursday night against my Atlanta Falcons, he just absolutely went off. But this guy has the 30th remaining strength of schedule. Chuba Hubbard is going to cut into that work a little bit more than we saw on Thursday. I think with it being a short week and him missing the previous game for an injury, uh, they weren't necessarily rushing him back. But I do think Chuba Hubbard will cut into that load a little bit. Um, but again, in a, in a redraft league where um, you've got guys that are maybe maybe short on running back or maybe they just see the numbers with Deontay Foreman and they don't look any deeper, um, this is a guy that you could pivot off of for maybe a, a running back that's been struggling or, or hasn't been as good. You know, maybe, um, you know, Brant, you mentioned Najee Harris. He hasn't been great this year. He had a good week this week and his schedule only gets easier. Maybe Deontay Foreman's a guy you look to flip for Najee and, and a wide receiver three. Um, to, to make your, your playoff run. So Deontay Foreman is a guy I'm tripping away because of, of the remaining schedule. Yeah, now, uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I'd be moving on from him because, like you said, Chuba's coming back. Chuba, is, Chuba was actually slated to be the starter um, prior to his injury. So I think that he, eventually he gets back in that role, and I don't know if I trust either one of them with their, their schedule coming up. Um, so a guy that, uh, that I would look to trade for another guy um, to possibly replace that Foreman role is uh, Isaiah Pacheco, the Kansas City Chief running back. Like I said, he has the second easiest remaining schedule. He finally took over the majority of the snap share this week with, I believe it was 56% of the snaps. CEH is on the back burner. The CEH saw about 6% of snaps this week. He's, he's kind of a back burner guy, which is crazy to say after, you know, his explosion to begin the year. Isaiah Pacheco, from what I've seen, is an explo- explosive back. He's getting the carries. They trust him. He fumbled in the goal line, and they still fed him the ball more. This is a guy that I'm going out and I'm buying as cheap as I can, um, but I'm willing to put him into my RB2, possibly flex role for the remainder of this season. And, and I honestly think I'm very comfortable with it, too. And that and Brent, that's one that you could still probably get relatively cheap, especially in a redraft, um, because there hasn't been a whole lot of production out of that Kansas City backfield since really since Ceh's last blow up game. Um, so if if you know you're you're a running back needy team, but you don't really want to give up any of your wide receivers or something like that because that's your strength, then then Isaiah Pacheco could be a, a, an easier trade target to go out and acquire. Um, so another one definitely to keep your eye on. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna knock out the the last running back I have that I want to trade away from right now, um, and that's James Conner of the Arizona Cardinals again. Um, his he has the hardest um, remaining uh, strength of schedule for the running back position. 
Um, I know this. A lot of people maybe are going, well, but you know, Benjamin just got cut, so that means should should mean more work for him. Uh, I, I think actually, it's it's more. You know, Benjamin being gone is more of a praise for Keontae Ingram and what he's been able to do with that team this year as well. Um, and and again, James Conner um, has just come back, got the three down roll uh, at this point. Um, so uh, you may be able to sell somebody else on James Conner, going, well, you know, Benjamin's gone. It's because they're overly confident. Uh, and James Conner. Um, but again, this is a guy that I think in my mind, James Conner's relevancy comes from being a goal line back um, with his high, high uh, touchdown number. Um, and I, I just don't see this team getting the ball in the end zone much with James Conner the rest of the year. So if you can pivot off of him um, and again, an upgrade, whether it be a running back with a better strength of schedule or a better wide receiver to help you um, make your playoff push and get you in into the results you want to see, this is a guy that I'm willing to move to do so. Yeah, absolutely, and, and this is coming at the best time possible to trade away James Conner as he comes back. He sees you know a, a good quality share. Uh, Ingram or yeah, and Benjamin got cut, so yeah, this is a great time to be moving on from Conner because a, like you said, tough schedule coming up. B, he's injury prone. We've already seen it this year. We see it every single year with him. I don't know if he's yet to play a full season. So absolutely, a guy to move on. Now uh, I've got two wide receivers to uh, trade. Uh, trade four. Uh, one of them that I'm just going to hit right off the bat is actually don't have a whole lot to say about him, but uh, you might be able to go sneak him off waivers. That's why I had a, that's why I added this name. Um, and that's Nico Collins of the Houston Texans. This is a guy that you could possibly go sneak off of waivers. He's slowly becoming one of the better targets there in Houston. We know Houston plays from behind all the time. And like we said, I mean, they're not, they're not up there in the, in the top 10, uh, easiest schedule but this is a guy that's starting to see targets and Houston is a guy is a team that has to throw a bunch so Nico Collins is a guy that you might be able to go sneak off of waivers or even really cheap go get him for um you know maybe uh pennies on the dollar to go get this guy and 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 he may end up turning into a flex start or something else um and then my other one here this is the one that uh, I really wanted to focus on is Darnell Mooney of the Chicago Bears um he's the number one wide out in the Chicago Bears offense, he's not the he's not the number one pass catcher right now. We've seen the last two weeks it's been Cole Komet, but that's gonna they're gonna start focusing more on Cole Komet. Uh, Mooney has um, what he's he's becoming the the favorite target for Justin Fields. He's got the fifth easiest schedule uh, remaining this year, and it, he's he, he's a great player to fit um, Justin Fields' system. He's a guy where. Justin Fields starts scrambling. Well, guess what? Mooney is a guy watching him this past two weeks. He's a guy that just finds the holes in the defense. So this is a guy that that, that could easily slide into a wide receiver two role or uh, position in fantasy. Um, the last two weeks, um, he saw eight targets two weeks ago, and he only saw four this past week in Detroit, which um, we did see a huge explosion from Cole Komet. But uh, Mooney, Mooney's a guy that, that's starting to see more targets, and I think I think it's it's only going up with that offense right now. So this is a guy that I'm starting to trust and go get him to slide into my flex role week to week. Yeah, I, I think that Chicago Bears uh, offense is, is certainly on the rise, and a lot of that has to do with with the aforementioned Justin Fields' resurgence here. So definitely willing to get a piece of that offense, especially at this point. You're probably getting them fairly cheap, even though – they have started trending up. They haven't done anything prior to. Um, so for me, Brian, I have I just have one wide receiver that I'm looking to trade away at this point because um, with that strength of schedule, a lot of the names on there you can't trade. I mean, you're not you're not trading away Justin Jefferson. You're not trading away Stephon Diggs just because their schedule is tough. Um, but one I would trade away is DeAndre Hopkins. 
Uh, again, uh, the Arizona Cardinals had the 32nd ranked remaining strength of schedule against running backs. They have the 25th remaining strength of schedule against wide receivers. Um, so still just below uh, average. And yes, I know DeAndre Hopkins has been very good since he came back from his six-game suspension. Um, but also there's been another focal point of that offense who's been out that whole time, and that's Marquez uh, Hollywood, Marquise Hollywood Brown um, there, and he's working his way back. There's a slight chance uh, Marquise could play this Monday night in Mexico City against the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, so that will tear into Holly, or, uh, DeAndre Hopkins' value, um, as well as the fact that they're going up against some teams that are very good against the pass um, the remaining uh, season. And again, DeAndre Hopkins has got the name value. He's got the production the last three weeks since he's come back from his suspension. This is a guy that um, you know turn into uh, you know potentially like a, a Damian Pierce type running back um, that again had a very easy strength schedule. Uh, and has been very, very productive to this point. So um, if if you're looking, again, if you're one of those teams that if you're sitting, you know, seven and two or, or six and three and you're you're right there and you're pushing for that bye week in your playoffs, some of the names that we've brought to trade away or trade for are guys that are going to help you get there and then also help you make that run in your playoffs. So this is something to keep an eye on this at this point in the season. Um, you know, we're over halfway through the season. The, the strength of schedule is fairly accurate at this point. Um, so it, it's you can make uh, decisions based on where that strength of schedule lies. So definitely something to look into at that point. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, a guy that, that now that he's come back from suspension and has that value moved up even more, that's absolutely a guy that you can uh, go, trade, uh, go trade away and get some valuable pieces. Heck, honestly, you might get lucky and be able to trade just Hopkins away and gather all three of these pieces that I just said because I went with the lower tier guys because well, like I said, easier remaining schedule. You'll probably set it your running backs one and two. Uh, your wide receiver one is probably pretty good. Uh, so you're looking for that wide receiver two flex value. And uh, these the three names that I gave you are very good values and, and absolutely on all three of the guys that you had to trade away, absolutely. Um, so uh, do we want to jump into our college prospect? Real fast. Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. So you go ahead and hit hit us off with yours that you got. Um, so this week I'm going with a little bit lower tier guy. I know we've hit some of the bigger tier guys here recently, but if you if you're like our league brand where we have a four round rookie draft or even a three round rookie draft, some of these names are going to sneak into those later rounds. Uh, and the guy I went with this week is Trey Palmer, the six foot one, 190 pound junior wide receiver out of the University of Nebraska. Uh, this is Trey Palmer's first year in Nebraska. He transferred out of LSU, uh, and we all know LSU is wide receiver U. Um, so we'll see if that translates from uh, his two years there to his year at Nebraska. But this year, uh, he has 58 receptions, 831 yards receiving, averaging 14.3 yards uh, per catch for five touchdowns over the course of his career. He has 99 receptions. Uh, 1,289 yards, 13 yards per catch, and eight touchdowns. So really, he's kind of burst onto the scene this year uh, in Nebraska, being the, the uh, local number one receiver in that offense. Uh, I know Nebraska season didn't start out very good, but they've turned it on here as of late. Uh, and I think uh, Trey Palmer is a, is a big part of that. So this is, again, um, a guy that you're, you're not going to see going first rounds of rookie drafts, most likely, unless his landing spot's just amazing. But this is a guy in the second mid to sec, late second, early third round uh, that you could target in your rookie drafts. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going with the lower tier guy too. Uh, he's a senior at a Boston college and that's Zay Flowers. He's five foot 10, 172 pounds. And unlike your guy where he transferred out of LSU, my guy has spent four years uh, over in Boston college. Um, and also I want to throw out, if you want to get a chance to see him play, he does play the university of Notre Dame, which we all know they're locally televised on most local stations. So you get a chance to uh, watch them, watch him play this Saturday. Um, he's got 67 receptions for 921 yards, 10 touchdowns, and 13.7 are average uh, per catch. This is a guy that just has elite speed, and, and he, he looks to, to uh, get the yak yards after. Um, so this is a guy that he, he's explosive. Odds are he'll end up as a, as a uh, slot wide receiver in the NFL. Um, but, yeah, he's just a guy just to keep your eye on, like you said, in your later of drafts or even if you have that ex- extra taxi spot. He's a guy that you absolutely can uh, stash away and, and hold on and see where his landing spot is. But this is definitely a guy that I'll be keeping my eye out for come draft season. Absolutely. And, again, Brant, I, I want to, to say this, and I, th- I think uh, you know people will start to realize this, but after the season's over, we, we do focus mainly on dynasty, so we are going to dive deep into these rookies. We'll probably have a whole episode dedicated to quarterbacks, at least mm-hmm. one, probably two for running back, one or two for wide receiver, and another one for tight end. This is something that we're going to take very seriously this offseason. There'll be mock drafts associated with it. We'll go, we'll go all in on dynasty in the offseason, but just – Again, this weekly thing is just to give people a, an early start to, to doing their research on some of these guys. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so let's let's jump into these projections here, and, and I want to kick us off because uh, uh, I the, the top one I just I just have to get out here. Um, so I've got a quarterback for you. All right, uh, Jalen Hurts of the Philadelphia Eagles at the Indiana, at the Indianapolis Colts projected at twenty two and a point uh, seven points in half point PPR format. Say, say that again. Sorry about that. Uh, Jalen Hurts at the Indianapolis Colts uh, at 22.7 fantasy points and a half point PPR. 22.7. Uh, I'm going to have to go over. I think his rushing is uh, is is going to be uh, tremendously better this week. They're coming off a bot or uh, off their first lock loss of the year. So I absolutely love him in the in the over uh, this weekend. Uh, I'm going to need him to go over if I'm going to beat the other fellow fat boy this week in, in our uh, dynasty league. Yeah, I'm actually going to say that he goes under. I think Washington showed the recipe of, uh, for success to go ahead and beat the uh, Philadelphia Eagles uh, and it's ball control. Uh, and Indianapolis has a, a very solid running back uh, in Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Jeff Saturday leaned on Jonathan Taylor this last weekend against the Raiders. I think he does it again this week. I think Indianapolis uh, – uh, keeps a lot of control of possession uh, this week. Uh, and just because he's not going to have a whole lot of time with the ball, I think Jalen Hurts uh, is going to go under 22.7. I think it's still respectful, but I think he goes under. Okay. Um, I'm going to go – I'm going to talk about a couple running backs on my projections with this uh, running back uh, uh, bye weeks we have with ETN out and, and Miami out and a, and a few other names out. I know – I know I'm in a bad boat right now where I'm uh, starting CMC's backup, Elijah Mitchell, and hoping to goodness he sees as much work as he did last week. Uh, but I'm going to talk about a guy that uh, that we saw play on Monday night, and that's Brian Robinson versus the Houston Texans. He's only projected at eight, Over. 8.61. Over. Yeah. Over. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, 
the Houston Texans don't stop anybody when they when the ball's uh, in somebody's arms running the ball. Uh, I'm going over with Brian Robinson. Listen, um, you know, we, we started to see like a small emergence of Antonio Gibson kind of taking back a little bit of his share. And this week, Ron Rivera slapped it, that hand and said, nah, you ain't getting no cookies out of this cookie jar. Brian Robinson's getting the ball and we're getting him a lot. Um, and he didn't look great with the ball in his hands. I mean, he averaged like 3.4 yards a carry. It wasn't anything sexy, uh, but he just had a ton of carries. And if you give if you give a running back 20 carries against the Houston Texans, it's going to be fantasy relevant. So I'm going over with Brian Robinson. Yeah, absolutely. This is the guy that I'm starting with confidence, and and he's going to wind up in, inside the uh, RB2 realm this week in my mind. I couldn't agree more. Uh, sticking with the running back or running back you just happened to mention, um, I've got Christian McCaffrey at the Arizona Cardinals again Monday night in Mexico City. And half-point PPR projected at 19 points. I'm going to say he's going to go just a tad bit over. Um, I think they're going to have to use him and uh, use him a lot in different ways this week. I, I think his uh, PPR stats are going to be there. I absolutely like CMC this week against Arizona. I want to say over as well, but in half point PPR, 19 is just a ton. I know he has gotten a lot of – I mean, if he throws a touchdown, catches a touchdown, and rushes a touchdown in again this week, he's going to go well over. Um, but I do think he's going to go just slightly under this um, just because, the, you know, it's Kyle Shanahan and he does goofy things like give Elijah Mitchell the ball when he's got a healthy CMC in the backfield. Um, and, again, you know, the Arizona Cardinals are the absolute worst team in the league against uh, tight ends. And I don't know if you know this, Brant, um, but San Francisco does have a pretty decent tight end uh, there uh, through the way of George Kittle. So I look for this to be a George Kittle slash Devo Samuel slash Brandon IU game this week in Mexico City. I think the uh, 49ers come in and put on a show uh, for the folks down in Mexico. Okay. All right, so I'm going to go with another uh, running back that may have been uh, forgotten about or, or sitting on a bench that that somebody may have to be forced to start this week, and that is uh, the running back 41 right now and, and Melvin Gordon playing the Las Vegas Raiders, and his half-point projection is 7.91 this week. Let's talk about do you feel comfortable having to start him if, 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 um, if, it's, if, if you have to? Would you feel comfortable putting him in at 7.91? Um, again, yeah, with the with the names that you mentioned on bye weeks, yeah, I, I think if Melvin Gordon's a guy that I have on my bench and I have to play a running back, I think um, seven point nine one. You said yes is is a pretty comfortable um, thing when you're when you're talking about a running back you have to play because it's a bye week hell for you. Um, I, I think you probably get more than seven nine out of him against the Raiders. Um, but he's going to have to catch some dump offs from from uh, Russell Wilson for that to happen. But I think he goes over. Yeah, I like him to go over. I'm actually I'm actually uh, looking for him to uh, have a little resurgence, uh, bounce back this this week. Um, I know he had a decent week last week, but I, I look forward for uh, I look for Melvin Gordon to have a pretty good week, and uh, I, I would feel very comfortable with the seven point nine one. I think I'd really like him this week as a starter, um, and, and I think he's another guy that. Uh, that could slowly creep into the top 24, maybe maybe not quite there, but he could probably creep into that pretty easily. Uh, the Raiders actually give up um, about a touchdown every other game to running backs on average their defense, so they're very, very vulnerable at the goal line to running backs. Okay, uh, I've got a couple more for you here, Brant. So the first one is Michael Pittman um, against the Philadelphia Eagles. Projected at twelve point nine two. I'm going under. Uh, Slay got uh, absolutely embarrassed this week, 
and uh, by Terry McLaurin. So I think he puts the clamps down on Pittman. So I'm going to take the under on that one. I think I'm going to go over. Um, you know, Matt Ryan came back this week again. I, I, I think I was ex- as just as probably more excited than most people just because of, of my Matt Ryan infatuation. Um, but it, it does bode well for fantasy relevancy out of the pass catchers and Indy more so than Sam Ellinger. Um, I think I think Michael Pittman's going to be peppered with targets. Listen, you know when Taylor Henneke and um, um, Terry McLaurin, Scary Terry, can make Darius Slay look like that, what's Matt Ryan and Michael Pittman going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, it wouldn't shock me to see Darius Slay get a pick this week off of Matt Ryan, um, just because Matt Ryan is a little looser with the football uh, in his old age than, than Taylor Heineke, who's still you know trying to fight for his job and his and his livelihood. Uh, but I do think that Michael Pittman's going to get enough targets that he's going to come down with enough that he hits um, 12.92 and half point PPR. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then the last one I got for you is a tight end. I've got Dawson Knox against the Cleveland Browns projected at 7.12 and half point PPR. Uh, I'm going to take him to go under. Um, I don't, I don't know how, how comfortable I feel with Knox um, right now um, with that offense. Um, so I'm, I'm going to take the under. Um, I, I look for this game to be a uh, grounded out from uh, Nick Chubb's side, from the Brown side. So I don't know how much passing will be involved um, because they're not going to want to just constantly hand the ball back to the Browns and let them um, soak up all the clock. So, yeah, I look for that to go under. Yeah, I think I think Dawson Knox goes over this week comfortably. I think the Buffalo Bills are going to have an offensive explosion this week just simply due to the fact that there's been so much talk the last week and a half about Josh Allen's arm. I think he's going to come out and just silence everybody this week and, and just have a maybe one of his best performances of the season. So I think because of that, I like Dawson Knox to go over his, his 7.12 projection here. All right. All right. You got any more? Let's let's just go, jump right into the Thursday night game. Okay. So this is one I, I don't know about you, Brant, but I'm actually somewhat excited for this Thursday night game, um, and it mainly comes down to one player for me. Um, but we do have the Tennessee Titans traveling up to uh, Wisconsin, Green Bay, to play uh, the Green Bay Packers, who finally broke their five game losing streak this week in a big way against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, so before we get into it too hard, I want to say don't don't flex any of these guys. Make sure they're in your running back one or two spots or your wide receiver one or two spots. Don't waste a flex spot on a Thursday night game. So with that being said, what, what's your take on this game? What are you what are you what are you looking for? So what I'm looking for is I'm really not looking for uh, the teams or anything. I, I well, I mean, I'm looking to see if what happened last week with the Green Bay Packers was a fluke or if they're actually starting to get on 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 track to start winning some games and making their playoff push that they do every year. So I'm really anxious to see um, how Green Bay comes out this week on a short week. Um, I know they had a nice explosion this past week. Um, so I'm looking to see what, what's, what's going to happen with the um, – uh, Green Bay Packers, and then I want to see if the Titans are really this good. Um, I know they've put on some shows on the ground game, so I, I love watching the Titans play. I love the ground and pound, and and their defense has been slowly but but uh, slowly but steady, sneaky decent this year. So I look I look to see if this game is a, a grounded out game or if we're going to see some explosions. Yeah, so one of the things that I'm looking for uh, forward to is uh, seeing what Christian Watson does again this week. Uh, Brian, I know you can attest to this. I've been very high on Christian Watson, uh, you know, going, coming out of uh, North Dakota State into the draft this year. Uh, and then I loved his landing spot when he f- fell to Green Bay in the second round. 
took all of all of eight plus weeks to, for him to start getting somewhere and not not going to the concussion protocol or missing time for his leg. Uh, and he had three touchdowns this week, which you know I don't expect to see that every week. But I do think he he starts being a formidable wide receiver. I think he starts taking over Aaron Rodgers' number one target spot. Um, and the one thing I want to point out about this, and you and I took a lot of a lot of crap for this at the beginning of the season um, when we did our our, uh, our rankings. Uh, to come into the season, neither one of us put a uh, Green Bay pass catcher inside the top 30. Uh, and uh, so far, so good. You know, you and I look right on that. And we got a lot of crap for that. So we'll see if Christian Watson makes us look silly the rest of the season. Yeah. But I am excited as the Christian Watson owner in Dynasty to see what he does. Yeah, he would have to do quite a bit of climbing. I know he had a very good explo- uh, very good game this past week, but he would have to do quite a bit to get up into the top 30 because we've, we've seen some big games out of wideouts this year. We've seen some He's decent currently, consistency. currently wide receiver 65 right now. Yeah now in PPR so he's got some he's got a long ways to go so I know we want to talk about this game and I really want to throw out a uh, I got two prop bets for this game this week uh, this Thursday that I really like and uh, I'm going to start with Aaron Rodgers to go over his 244 and a half passing yards and that's going to roll right into my next one that I have and that's AJ J- Dillon over eight and a half receiving yards. Um, I know Aaron Jones got a little banged up this past week in Dallas, so I look for his uh, his usage to come down just a little bit. I look for Dylan to be on the field a little more. I look for Aaron Rodgers to really air that ball out, and I know that uh, you were a little um, upset when we were looking at our props over the last uh, – over the last few hours, that uh, that your but that your uh, your favorite wideout wasn't on there quite yet. So I do want to throw out, be on the lookout. There might be a few more that we end up posting on the Fat Boys page. So make sure you keep an eye out for that. Uh, those are my two favorite prop bets for this Thursday night game. I want to touch on that AJ Dillon just real quick. He's went over eight receiving yards five times this season, so it's definitely a very likely thing that it happens. So I, I definitely am 100 percent on board with that one. Um, the two I have. Um, is Ryan Tannehill over seven and a half rushing yards. This is a guy that we know he can get out of the pocket even at his age and his size uh, and make things happen when he has to. It's going to be a cold weather game up in, in Green Bay. Uh, and I could see Ryan Tannehill tuck this ball more than once to, to, to take off running. And uh, I think he goes well over seven and a half rush yards. And then this isn't something that happens a whole lot on the Fat Boys page, but I'm doing it. I'm taking Robert Woods under 33 and a half receiving yards. Uh, in that game as well. He's been over uh, 33 receiving yards three times this season, uh, but he hasn't been over once since week five. Um, so this is this is one that I feel like he's, you know, it's it's going to be a Derrick Henry game, um, potentially a Traylon Burks game, um, but I don't think Robert Woods gets involved at all in the pass catching. We've seen him throw up some zeros this year too. So, um, you know, I, I, I just look for him to go well under his, his receiving yards. So a rare under from one of the fat boys here. I've got my eye on an under, um, but I haven't quite uh, felt myself into locking in yet. So uh, that there might be another rare to come out of this. Um, make sure you guys are keeping an eye on our page. We love to post up some props on, on Thursdays and Mondays and, and a little bit um, here and there on Sundays whenever we get a chance to. Um, but check us out on our live on Sunday mornings. We're throwing out prop bets there. Ask us if you have a bet that you like. We'll be more than happy to dig into it on, on why we like it or why we don't. But uh, as always, stay hungry. And stay fat, my friends.